So welcome once again, church family. Uh, As we get going, I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Let's ask God to bless the preaching of his word. And so, Heavenly Father, how good it is to be here, to look at the beauty of our Savior, Jesus. And we ask that in these moments you would meet with us, that you'd accomplish the purpose for which you send your word. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Great to see everyone, and again, welcome to Illinois Lutheran Choir. It's so great to have you here this morning. As we get going this morning, I want to explore the concept that sometimes there is a lot riding on just one decision. Give you an example. Some of you know it's Super Bowl Sunday. Anyone watching the game? All right. How many want the Rams? How many want the Patriots? All right, yeah. And and maybe what's most interesting about this Super Bowl is not who is in the game, but actually who is not in the game. For if you had a chance to see the Saints game, you know that it all came down to one play, and it wasn't offense or defense. It was actually the play of the ref. Let me bring you back to that moment. There it is. And a lot is riding on the ref's decision not to call that what it is, which is pass interference. For sure. When you tackle a guy before the ball gets there, that's wrong. That's a foul. And because of this non-decision, the Saints are not in the Super Bowl. Sorry, Saints fans. And again, we see what is riding just on one choice of what to do or what not to do. Or consider another example from our world. Have you heard of the Fire Festival? The Fire Festival was this music festival that was supposed to rival Coachella and Woodstock. It was supposed to be this grand thing with headliners um, happening in the Bahamas with first-class uh, accommodations and first-class food. And as the event came closer and closer, the plans weren't lining up so well. So while they promised fine accommodations, what they delivered were old hurricane shelters uh, that people paid thousands and thousands of dollars to sleep in for a night. They promised first-class food. What they received at Fire Festival were these pieces of bread with cheese and a side salad. They promised headline acts, like Ja Rule and Blink-182, which I'm not sure it was a headliner for you and... Probably not for me, I don't know, but, but that's what they promised, and they didn't deliver on any of it. And in all of this, they had a choice. Do we tell our guests who spent on average $4,000 what's actually going on, or do we not tell them? They chose not to tell them, and uh, so now the head organizer, Billy McFarland, is actually in jail for fraud. See, a lot's riding on the decisions that we make. Now, isn't that true for you young people? A a lot is riding on what you choose to do after school. And and I don't know if anyone's asked you, what are your plans? Are any of you thinking of college? Okay, great, great. And and so that decision of college is, is probably a pretty big deal. What I would actually tell you is that probably even bigger than your decision of college is who you choose to surround yourself with. If you will choose Christian friendships, if you will choose Christian influence, or if you'll just separate yourself from all of that, and by the way, that will be a tough choice because it's really hard to live for Christ alone for what it's worth. 
And then there's some adults. We know what profound decisions we're facing us and, and the implications of our decisions. Maybe you have pursued a career. Maybe you have pursued a second career uh, which you thought was a better choice and all that's riding on it. Maybe you remember what it was to, to buy your first house and that choice and when you chose to buy and where you chose to buy and how that all impacted your livelihood. Maybe you remember the decision of who you were to marry, which is probably one of the biggest choices and all the implications involved in that decision. You know, some of you have been walking at Amazing Love for a while here, and uh, sometimes I get a call to serve another church, and, and, and what I'm always struck by is the profound implications of what's hanging in the balance over that decision, what it means for my family, what it means for ministry, and all those other things, and some of you can relate to that with calls or job opportunities, right? So again, there is just the profound implications of when we choose something. In fact, if you're taking notes this morning, here's what I'm really trying to flesh out, that certain choices carry exponential impact. Now, to our series, Exponential Welcome. What does exponential mean? It just means a rapid increase, that the impact can increase rapidly based on what you're choosing to do, um, and, and we see that in our lives. And so as we explore, what I want to explore with you in these moments is how do we make the right decisions? What are those right choices, and how can the Lord guide us to them? That's what we're going to consider, and you'll probably be left with a few profound choices for this morning. But let's get into the Word of God. So the Word of God is recorded in your worship folder. It'll also be on the screen for you. And, and let me set it up a little bit. Uh, we're going to hear from Joshua as Joshua comes to the end of his life after leading the Israelites. Now, they had just taken over the land of Canaan, the promised land. They, they went on the greatest conquest that Israel has ever seen. Uh, it started with Jericho, which some of you know, the walls came tumbling down and they won that battle. Ai, there was an ambush. And, and many times the Lord fought for his people making the other nations afraid of who they were so they didn't even have to fight too much because the Lord won the battle. Well, as they've conquered Canaan, as they're divvying up the land, Joshua sets before them a choice. What are you going to do now? Who are you going to serve? And we get to learn from that choice this morning. So again, I invite you to follow along in your worship folder or on the screen. Here it says, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Anyone heard that passage before? Anyone have a plaque from Kirkland? Right? Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one on your entry door. Um, well, what about the people? The people answered, far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on the entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites, who lived in the land. So we too will serve the Lord because he is our God. The choice and the decision, and as we consider these words, could you turn to the person next to you and tell them, God has done great things for you. God has done great things for you. 
Let's have some fun with the Word of God. So great to have you this morning. I want to know, how many of you are Prime members, Amazon Prime? Yeah. Tends to change your life a little bit. I'm a Prime member for two years, and I'm believing it's me that has supported the increase of profits for Amazon. It's crazy how it changed your life. And if you're a Prime member, maybe you know what it is uh, to read the reviews. Does, does anyone read the reviews before they buy something? Yeah, I do that all the time. In fact, I probably average 20, 20 reviews because I'm not just content with the Amazon choice. You know, they, they could tell me that, but I want the nitty-gritty, right? I want to know, is this electronics, is this headphone pair really the thing? In fact, I was researching some headphones recently, and I was able to do switch ones where the, the headband tends to break. And, and where the cans go faulty. And, and, and through research, you can find out a lot of different things just by reading the reviews. Well, maybe you do this with movies. I don't know if you uh, see the stars. Usually when it comes to four stars over a movie, I'll give it a shot. If it was a movie that I thought I wanted to see, but it has less than three stars, sometimes I'll just pass, right? And that's because of the power of reviews. We want to be informed over what we're getting. Now you're asking, Pastor, where are you going with this? That's a good question. When it comes to the decision that the people of God are making, what what I would have you believe is that they're actually making an informed decision on who God is. They have some reviews. In fact, the reviews came in. As Joshua presents, choose the Lord, uh, what he presents in the chapter earlier is this. Look what he says. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. What Joshua is telling the people and us, by the way, is that the reviews are in, the Lord is good. He's faithful. And if any people should have known that, it was the people uh, that, that we're considering today. For their parents saw them delivered out of Egypt through ten plagues. Their parents could pass along the story of how they went through on the Red Sea and God caused that sea to collapse on Pharaoh's army so they didn't have to fight. They were the people that uh, took Jericho and saw those walls come tumbling down. They were the people that heard Joshua's prayer for the sun to stand still in the sky. And this is one of the most incredible stories. The sun actually stayed put so that they could defeat five kings and take Jerusalem. Just incredible, isn't it? So if anyone is informed about the faithfulness, the goodness of God, that his promises never fail, it is those people. So what do they say? Well, they too said, he protected us on our entire journey among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. The reviews have come in, and the reviews are that he's good. Now, is there anyone here who would also conclude your experience with God that not one of his promises has failed? Are there any Christians here who would say, you know what, I have found he's a good God. He's a faithful God. Would you say that? I would too. I would too. In fact, if you're taking notes, this is what I believe, that choosing God is an informed decision predicated or based on his goodness. He's been faithful. He has kept his promises. And we might have different stories, but we have similar instances. For example, some of you have stories of how he fought your battle. You didn't know how you were going to get out of the pit, and yet he raised you out of that pit, and he made a better day. That's the faithfulness of our God. 
Some of you have walked with God long enough where he changed your emotional state. That he was the good shepherd who led you beside quiet waters, who restored your soul as only he can do. Some of you have been to funerals, come face to face with the enemy death, and you are comforted by the resurrection of Jesus Christ because you know that that enemy does not have the final word. But rather because Jesus rose, we along with all who believe will rise, we don't have to fear death, it's been conquered. We can say with Joshua, can't we, that not one of his promises to us has failed. So we choose the Lord because there's no one like him. There's no one as good as he is. That's my experience. I hope you could say the same. In fact, if you're new to Christ, I I hope you find that to be true about God, that no one is as good as he is. You know, this whole discussion, it kind of reminds me of our first lesson In our first lesson, we saw many people choosing not to follow Jesus. It was too hard. His teachings were too confusing. But but the 12, they dug in, and they said something different. Uh, Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Lord, if I would go somewhere else to some other person, they'd just be a teacher or a good person. They can't save me. You are the Messiah, the one who was to come. Are you so convinced? So choose the Lord once again. And let's talk a little bit about theology. I know uh, in, in Wells we take doctrine seriously and for good reason. Now when it comes to conversion, that's not a decision we can make. In fact, if you're wondering about conversion, uh, Ephesians 2 makes it very clear that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were a dead thing, couldn't do anything, but he made us alive with Christ. That's what it goes on to say. He made us alive. But then after our conversion, do we ever choose to follow Jesus? Well, have any of you been confirmed? Any Lutherans here? Anyone been confirmed? Is that not a decision to say, I am choosing the Lord, cooperating with the Holy Spirit, that I'm going to be faithful even to the point of death to make sure that we follow the Lord? In fact, today you had a choice to to be here or be somewhere else. The choir had a choice to sing or to not sing. So what we do on a regular basis is choose to serve. And it's a good thing to do. And you might have known that even before you came to church. Choose the Lord. Yeah, that sounds about right here in church. But can I let you know a problem? The real tension of this whole lesson and in our choice, because we know to choose the Lord. You know that before you came in here. The real tension is straddling between a few options. Is choosing the Lord and choosing something else. Now, I was researching a little bit about business. In business, you might know that it's a bad strategy uh, to have two different business models. I was reading Harvard Business Review, and look what I, I came across. It said, trying to operate more than one business model at a time is devilishly difficult, frequently cited as a leading cause of strategic failure. They cited airlines, like Delta and Continental, like British Airways, These were full-service carriers who tried to operate lines with lower service uh, to to compete with Southwest. And so Delta, they they made the Delta song and Continental Light and British Airways Go Fly. And all of these were epic failures because they were trying to straddle two strategies, be both full-service and have part-service to be competitive. 
why do I bring that up? I think you and I are tempted to straddle some strategies. You and I would probably confess, yes, I choose the Lord. But let me dig in on that a little bit. Do you choose the Lord when it costs you something? Or only when it's convenient? Do you choose the Lord on Friday nights as you do the same on Sunday mornings? Do you choose to speak about the faith, but, but not if there's blowback at work from your coworkers? Do you choose the morality of the Lord when it comes to how I speak about people or how I neighbor to people, but, but maybe not in all things and maybe not in sexuality? Do you choose the Lord for your, your kids on Sunday morning as long as the world doesn't give you a better option of something else to do? It's easy for us to straddle choosing the Lord and also choosing other priorities. And, and, and what I would convict you, what I would say is that, no, God does have to come first. That it shouldn't be both the Lord and all these other competing priorities that we choose the Lord number one overall. And for the times we haven't, we repent and say, I'm digging it, I'm doing it differently. You're coming first. And I consider the glory of our Savior, Jesus Christ. One of my favorite passages about how he feels about us is from Ephesians 1. It says, for he, what's this word? He, he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Some of you need to hear that, that out of all people, maybe you didn't think you were worthy. Maybe you didn't think you were loved, but you need to know the Lord loved you so much he chose you. He wanted you to know you have the right to be called his child. He wanted you to know the joy of forgiveness and eternal life found in him. And this Jesus came on a rescue mission for you. From heaven to earth, he lived, he died, he rose again so that we know we're approved of in God's eyes. And Jesus was intentional. He set out resolutely for Jerusalem. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and said, no, not my will, yours be done. We're going to do this thing because I chose them before the creation of the world. That's how much he loves you. He's unwavering about it. He chooses you every day as seen in the life of Jesus Christ. So what about us? We who have tasted and seen and known his love, what are we going to do? To talk about this further, I don't think many big life decisions just kind of happen. And I'm always struck when I hear people talk about big life decisions that just kind of happen. I was doing some research on this, and I found Harry Styles talking about a relationship that just kind of happened. I don't know how that happens. I, I read about Kate Beckinsale who said, I didn't look to go marry an American. It just kind of happened. I don't know anything in marriage that just kind of happens. You don't just kind of happen to marry someone. I think of the same about jobs. Sometimes I talk to people and, and they give off this impression that, they, that it just kind of happened, that I didn't have a job and poof, there it was, just kind of happened. Now I can relate to that on some ends, like sometimes a good day just kind of happens. Like I didn't know it was going to be a good day, donuts and coffee acquired here, it just kind of happened, it's a good day. Or sometimes I feel that way about shopping, right, you know, I didn't know about the sale, I didn't know it was going to be so good, but it just kind of happened, it's all on sale, it's great. Or maybe about a restaurant, like I didn't know it was going to be good, but it just kind of happened. I rolled into the right restaurant. That's pretty nice. 
I bring this up, though, because when it comes to the weighty matters like marriage, when it comes to the weighty matters like friends or jobs, I think there should be more intentionality. And what we see in Joshua's decision, what we see in the people's decision, is intentionality. For when it comes to their choice, look at the word they use. But as for me and my household, we will, what's that word? Can you say it? Serve. Serve. And, and to serve, to me, is not just kind of falling into something. To serve doesn't just kind of happen. No, I think if you're taking notes, to serve the Lord takes both intentionality and persistence. And that's my experience following the Lord. If you want to just kind of follow the Lord, it's not going to happen. Not well. And there will be enough obstacles to get in your way that you will say, yeah, I'm out. Because it doesn't just kind of happen. In fact, many times Jesus would talk to his disciples and he would tell them to count the cost of following me. Count the cost because you're going to have to pick up your cross daily in self-denial and follow me. It's going to take intentionality and persistence. And so in our time together, I want to give you just a few things that I think if you choose today with intentionality, it's going to really help and shape your life. You ready for just a few bullet points? Okay. So the first thing that I would say is choose to raise your children prioritizing Jesus Christ. Now, I believe that's going to have an exponential impact on your family life and on generations to come. Now, one of the great opportunities you see behind you is, is Illinois Lutheran. There's opportunities for Christian education. How awesome is that? It's a great opportunity. A church is another great avenue to, again, rally around when it comes to your kids. But what I've seen, and perhaps you've seen as well, what I'd love to teach on, is that the home will trump the school, the home will trump the church every time, ten times out of ten, because more is caught than taught. And so what is it to prioritize Jesus Christ? It is your own personal devotional life. Because your kids are watching how you choose or not choose to serve the Lord. It's the messages you give off on Sunday morning of how important it is or how not important it is to seek the Lord in worship. Our kids are watching, and this will take prioritization for a lot of things we could straddle and compete with our activities. But when you choose to raise your children prioritizing Jesus Christ, this again can have impact. What's another one? How about this? Choose to praise and follow when you don't feel it. Now, by the way, I'm not against emotions. I am all for happiness and a good day. Hallelujah. I am all for mountaintop days. Anyone like those? Yeah, they're my favorite. But do they happen every day? Not at all. Do they happen every Sunday? Unfortunately, no. And so sometimes what we will have to do is we will have to push through and say, no, I'm following you today. I'm praising you today because I chose to, not because I feel it. I'm going to come to Sunday morning worship whether I feel like coming or not. I'm going to read my Bible whether I got a lot out of reading the Bible or I didn't. I'm going to persist. I'm going to serve the Lord whether it was easy for me to serve or difficult. It doesn't matter. It's just a choice that I made. And when you choose to follow the Lord this way, man, almost nothing can get in the way. When you choose to persist through your feelings, through 
you're not wanting, man, that's Christian maturity, and that will have exponential impact in your life as you don't give up. I consider being in choir, I remember being in high school in choir, it's a lot of fun. And, and I know you're just starting, you know, your tour, and February is filled with choir dates, and, and you're going to go to a lot of different churches. And, and here's what I recognize, because I was a teenager once, is that some days you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, yes, I'm so excited to sing. And then other days you're going to wake up and you're like, really, it's 7 a.m., and this is awful, and I don't feel like singing. You ever been there? But what are you going to choose to do? I hope you choose to sing anyway. I hope you choose to have your heart overflow anyway. To just show up and persist through because this is what following the Lord is like. We don't fall into following the Lord. We serve the Lord. It's a choice. What else could have exponential impact? I believe that if you choose to repent over patterns of sin, it can change the trajectory of your life and perhaps generational sins. And maybe some of you are old enough to know exactly where the devil tends to get you. Maybe you know exactly where your pet sins are, so to speak. Why not dig in and fight against? We may never be perfect, but we can struggle against our sin. And we can ask God to help us to make improvement. And that will have impact on our lives. In 1 John, look what it says. It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Let's not just go through the motions as if this is who I am. Let's fight against all sin that would get in the way of our relationship. So that's just a few. A few, and maybe you would consider that they would have impact. I could speak on others. I could speak about trusting God with money. I could speak about the value of choosing Christian influence versus separating yourself. I don't have time today. But I do want to focus on two things just for church members. See, in that opening video, it says we don't need to be just part of a, a moment, but a movement. And in a couple Sundays, you can go back, and we're going to have a Relios pizza, and it's free. It's awesome. And we're going to recognize all the things that God has done in 10 years of ministry to his name's glory, to his kingdom's glory. It's just awesome. But regardless of the past 10 years, what about the future 10 years? I think a lot is riding on who we choose to be as a church going forward. And so as church members, one of the things I would convince you is to do this. Uh, let us choose to contribute, not just consume. See, we live in a consumer culture. We go to restaurants, we go to plays, we go to many things that just says, give me, give me, give me. But what does God ask of us? To be the hands and feet of Jesus. To continue to contribute in the different ways that we can. We are called his body. I love what it says in 1 Peter 2. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I love to tell you that you too are a priest. You have the same job to proclaim that name and work alongside in a church and to support what we're doing. Because here's the reality of any church. It is pastor and people coming together for a noble mission. And when they're both firing on all cylinders, the impact that can be created is phenomenal. That's what stands before us. We could choose either to contribute or to consume. Another thing as church members, as church members, let's be inspired to continue to reach the lost. 
I am ever compelled by the example of Jesus who left the 99 to follow, find the one. And, and he, he took the one and he brought him on his shoulders. And, and, and what does this inspire us to do? This inspires us to go and invite our friends who don't know Jesus it inspires us to be out in the community with mornings with mommy or other outreach avenues. It inspires us to say this is not just about us. This is about the lost coming in. Because there are so many who are caught up with guilt and shame, who don't have joy and perspective. And ours is the opportunity to reach out and say, you got to come. You got to know that God chose you, that you are loved. See, there's so much weighing on our choices. They can have exponential impact. I recognize that in my own family. In my own family, it was my great-grandfather who was the first to follow Jesus Christ. My grandfather, Butsky. How's that for a name? Butsky. And because he chose to follow Jesus after the Lord converted him, his grandfather, my grandfather Paul, he chose, and then my father Steve, and now I am, all because of that trickle-down effect of choosing to serve and follow the Lord. What's hanging in the balance for you today? Maybe for you it's similar, that generational impact as you choose or not choose to prioritize Christ. What's hanging in the balance? Maybe it's generational sin. And God could use you, empowered by the Spirit, to turn the tide. That you don't have to wrestle with that same addiction. You don't have to wrestle with that same thing that was passed down. What's hanging in the balance for our church? Souls for eternity. Let's continue to choose the Lord. Empowered by that Spirit. And may He so exponentially bless us. Amen. Please stand.